Hello and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you would like to connect with me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram at buildintandblossom or check out buildintandblossom.com for more. Hello everyone, how are we doing? Hello friends, hello lovers, did we survive Thanksgiving with our families? <laughs> did we survive Black Friday with our full inboxes? Yeah, it's a lot. And actually that's what we're going to talk about here today. So I actually had a, another topic originally planned for today's episode, but then like it was Black Friday, and uh, after surviving Black Friday and Small Business Saturday and whatever Sunday is and Cyber Monday, whew, it's a lot. It never ends, and I need to debrief because I have a lot of thoughts, I've got a lot of feelings, and I want to get them all out here today. And this actually kind of relates to what we talked about last week. So we talked about how hype words can actually hurt your brand. I am all about marketing with integrity. In fact, I kind of want to trademark that right now because it's something that I'm finding is so, so important and at the core of what I do. And I'm also finding, especially after living through this Black Friday weekend, that not everyone... Uh, <laughs> shares that value when it comes to marketing. And we're going to be talking a little bit, a little bit about that today, but um, we're mainly going to be talking more like general uh, mistakes, but we'll get to that in a minute. So part of my work as a digital strategist dives into the whole marketing sphere. And I do this type of work one-on-one -on -one with a select amount of clients. And I'm really, really excited because this year, the clients that I've been working with have been seeing increased sales, which is awesome. It's especially awesome because while I don't like make any promises to anyone, because you just never know what the world is going to throw at you, right? Like who knew that we were going to have a global pandemic that affected the way that we do pretty much everything. We don't know that crap. So I don't promise things to anyone. Um, but I did tell one of my clients earlier in the year that I quote, would love for you to have one of your best holiday seasons this year. And I think it's very possible. So I really wanted to make sure that I uh, showed up for this client. I mean, I, I would show up for my clients regardless. Um, but with this client in particular, I really wanted to see some results. So this client is 100% e-commerce, and what I mean by that is that she sells products and that's her main source of income. So she doesn't sell a service, she's not a coach, you know, she's not selling photography services, she's not renting out a venue. She has a physical product that she sells, about like 250 of them in fact, and um, that's what her website is all about. That is her main source of income and the way that she makes money. Okay, so we did a website redesign over the summer and that was a long time coming because her website had been built, I would say like maybe six years prior by someone else. And I'd been working with her for the past few years. Um, she didn't feel she was ready for a complete website redesign yet. So I would just like keep putting like band-aids on things that really, you know, kind of needed 
the whole like open heart surgery. Um, so it was really, really nice and a long time coming to get this website redesign completed. Um, so we did that over the summer and then we optimized the heck out of various things. I've been working a lot on cross-sells and upsells for her. And then I also helped her put together a holiday marketing strategy and campaign. So I primarily um, work with like email marketing campaigns when I do this type of work. I don't do social media stuff because I don't really enjoy social media marketing. And let's face it, like there are other people who are much more talented at that than I am. So I primarily, you know, will help people with like email marketing. So that's pretty much what I'm going to be talking about here today. Well, anyway, like with this client, I am so, so happy to see the fruits of our labor because everything's been paying off. Her sales are up and I am a data nerd. So I have been analyzing and ex examining everything. Um, if you use Google Analytics, there is something called a real time feature so you can see like who's coming to the website and you can see like what page they're on um, in real time. And it sounds a little creepy and it is, but it's not like it names you, you know, it's not like I can see like Sally Smith, she is visiting the website and her IP address is this. Like, no, it doesn't get like that like detailed, but you can see how many people are on the website at a time. You can see what pages they're on. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a creeper. So I was checking that out for my client because um, I was really interested to see how, you know, people were interacting with the site and stuff like that. Um, and they were interacting. I'll tell you that because her sales uh, for November are up by like 30 to 40 percent more, you know, than they have been in previous years. So that's really awesome. Now, I am not, you know, claiming that I'm a marketing god or anything at all, um, but after spending so many years in this whole world, you know, I, I don't know, I kind of have a grip on what works, and I also find that it's impossible to stop myself from, like, analyzing what other people are doing. Like, it just comes naturally. I can't help myself. I don't like vocally like criticize them, of course, but it's more like yeah, I'm looking through it. I observe it. I see what's going on and I'm like, oh, huh, interesting. Um, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. So again, what I'm going to be talking about today is mainly in terms of email marketing here. Um, so like probably everyone in the world, you know, I received Black Friday emails this weekend. Um, some brands, I was really impressed by what they did. I thought they were doing things really, really well. Other brands, not so much. And I did see some things that really were like, hmm. Some things were like obvious mistakes. Some things were more like, oh, that's a choice and I don't think it was the right one. You know what I mean? And I mean, just overall, you know, I, I was pretty overwhelmed by all of the offers because more and more brands, of course, are getting online. I think like the pandemic really uh, push brands to do that. So everyone's online. Everyone's doing Black Friday sales. You know, you got the small businesses like like us. We're doing those. We got medium-sized businesses who are doing Black Friday sales. You got the giant retailers doing Black Friday sales. Everyone's doing Black Friday sales. Thing is, you know, people out there, unless they're Scrooge McDuck swimming in that pile of money, that's a good callback. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I mentioned Mr. McDuck in episode two, Domain Names. 
I think it was episode two. It was the one about domain names. Anyway, unless you're Mr. McDuck and you have this giant, endless supply of money, you only have a limited amount of it, which means you can't buy everything unless you want to, like, file for bankruptcy. Max all your credit cards out. Don't do that. Not, not smart. So you have this limited supply of money, but you have so many offers out there. And if you're like me, you probably had more things that you wanted to buy, uh, like this whole weekend with all the discounts and stuff, um, then you actually have money to buy, right? Like, I like to, I, I don't want to be like completely in debt next year. So <laughs> I, I tried to limit myself. So that's one of the reasons why it feels so overwhelming. It's also overwhelming because there's so much out there. Like, how do you even start to wade through it all? I was also like, oh God, like, am I forgetting something? Like, is there something I, I intended to buy, but I've forgotten about it? And then it's like, oh, what about these people I have to get gifts for? I, but I want this for myself. There's just so much going on, right? And so, you know, that's why it's really important, you know, for you, when you're putting these email marketing campaigns together, you have to make sure that your stuff is memorable because there's a whole sea out there. You know, you're you're like competing in a sea of hundreds of brands, you know, like there's hundreds of other brands that are showing up in your customer's inbox, even if you don't offer directly the same thing, they're all competing for for that customer's limited amount of money. You know what I mean? So that's one thing you have to keep in mind. You got to be memorable. You got to offer something really, really good and really valuable. At the same time, you don't like want to overdo it with the like deep discounts and discounting too much. We're going to be talking about that in a minute. But yeah, just kind of overwhelming. And so today, I wanted to use this episode as an outlet for some of the thoughts and some of the feelings that popped up for me. Some of the stuff that has came through after this whole like overwhelm has worn off, right? Um, and of course, obviously, I'm not... I'm not stupid, you guys. I know Black Friday has already passed this year, but I am going to use um, what I'm talking about here today and these like thoughts to really guide my campaigns for next year. All right, so without any further ado, that was like a 10-minute intro. Oh my gosh. Um, let's get started. Okay, so first of all, you guys, you are not annoying people by sending more than one email. Now, I know, I know, I, I completely understand how hitting the send button on a massive email campaign that's going out to hundreds or even thousands of people, that may seem scary. And you know, I felt the rapid heartbeat. I, I had the slightly sweaty palms for years every time I went to send out a massive campaign. And also for years, I would only send out one single lonely email per marketing campaign. Why is that? Well, I didn't want to bother people. I uh, didn't want to overwhelm them. And I didn't want to drive them away by sending like too many emails their way. But you guys, like you have to send more than one email. And there are multiple reasons for this. First of all, a little something called the average open rate. And the average open rate is the percentage of people that actually open the email. So of course, all of us, you know, we, we get tons of emails coming into our inboxes. I don't know about you, but I don't read them all. 
And I know I'm not alone because the average open rate refers to the percentage of people that actually do open your email. So across all industries, the average open rate is only about 18%. It does vary by industry. It's actually a little less for like true retail. So the, the retail open rate uh, on average is about 12%. And I just gotta say, like, not to toot my own horn, but most of my clients this year have had open rates in the 30 and 40% range this season. And you know what? That's huge. So in the, the words of that country song here, I must be doing something right. Do you know what I mean? Probably not. And I'm not going to sing it for you, so you'll just have to wonder and be clueless. <laughs> Anyway, so the click-through rate is even less than this. So in other words, only a small percentage of people are going to open your email in the first place, but an even smaller percentage of them are going to actually click through to whatever you're linking to in said email. And then of course, even less of those people are going to actually make a purchase, even if they put stuff uh, that they like in their cart, you know, maybe they even make it to the checkout page. Like cart abandonment is a very real thing. I, there are so many times I'll go to a website, I will load my cart up, I will go to like the checkout process and I'm like, yeah, you know what, don't really need this, don't really want this right now, whatever, you know, and this applies to pretty much everyone out there. You know, maybe there's something that distracts them from ultimately making the purchase. Or maybe they just don't want to pull the trigger right now. Maybe they don't want to like pay for shipping, but they saw that they had to. Or maybe, especially with the case of Black Friday stuff, they're waiting to see if you offer a bigger and better discount on like Cyber Monday or something like that. Um, if you have the right setup, um, so this doesn't really come with all email marketing services. Sometimes it might, but you have to pay more for it. Depends. Um, but if you have like the right uh, setup and service, you can send one of those automated, you left this in your cart emails. You've probably received one before. And this is something that can help people complete more purchases. Um, but a lot of us, maybe we don't have that setup or we aren't, you know, full blown retail operations. And so something like this maybe is overkill. But regardless, you know, this is the one of the reasons why you should at least send one follow-up email to your original email. It's probably smarter if you send multiple follow-ups, but at least send one, you guys. And my other reason for this is if your service or your product or whatever it is is truly, truly awesome, you are doing people a favor by letting them know that it's on sale or, you know, if there's a special bonus or whatever. You're letting them know and that's awesome. You know, you aren't annoying them. You are providing them with an opportunity. So here's a little story time. I am on a course creator's email list and her courses are relatively spendy. So they're close to like $1,000 for the one that I was looking at. Um, but she was having a pretty big sale with a, a, a sizable discount with extra bonuses for the month of November. So she sent out the first like mass email introducing the course along with the discount on November 10th. 
the discount rate was going to be available until Black Friday weekend. So there was, you know, no reason to like purchase right away. I thought, you know, I'd rather like save my money for now, save my pennies up and do something else with them. And, you know, I wanted to take a little bit more time to think about this too. You know, it was like a new course. I still was like on the fence. It's still a big purchase. I want to make sure that I actually have the capacity to devote toward like taking it, all that stuff. And so the the creator's second email about the discounted course uh, went out like about a week later on November 16th. And again, you know, I saw this email, read that email, I clicked through to read more about the course, I put it in my cart, I saw the countdown, so that little like timer thing, say that I still had like nine or ten more days left to get the course at that uh, discounted rate. And so I said to myself, okay, you know, I want this, but I'm still gonna wait, it's still a big purchase. I still want a little time to think about it. And the third email came on November 23rd. So this year that was uh, two days before Thanksgiving. So it came on the Tuesday. And then it was three days away from the big Black Friday weekend. And so I was busy. I was working on holiday campaigns for my own clients. I was trying to wrap stuff up because I was going to take the day off on Thursday. And so I saw this email came through and mentally I was like, okay, I need to remember to buy this thing in a couple of days. Well, you know what? A couple of days, they came and went, and guess what? I, like, totally forgot about this thing. And... I think I probably thought about it at like some random time on Thanksgiving as I had like a mouthful of turkey um, and it just wasn't like the opportune time to make a purchase. Um, And so I was pretty busy throughout the rest of the weekend too. Uh, And so I really didn't think about this thing. You know, I didn't think about purchasing this course until Sunday night. And I was like, oh, okay, I got to do that. Um, And in my mind, you know, Black Friday weekend, it lasts at least throughout Cyber Monday. So I figured that the discounted rate would still be available on Sunday. Um, So I was like, I'm in I'm in no hurry, but I better load this thing up and, you know, make sure uh, that I can still get it. Well, guess what? The discount was gone. This thing, this course was now full price. And there was a message up on the page saying that Black Friday deals were over. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. That kind of annoyed me. I was also really bummed out because I was looking forward to taking this course. And I was really disappointed that this course creator didn't send a follow-up. Like, if you're doing a Black Friday special you know, at least send one or more emails around Black Friday. It makes sense, right? Like you can't just send an email out on the Tuesday before and then never remind people. Now, I don't know why uh, this creator didn't think to send a follow-up on or closer to Black Friday. I have no idea what is running through their brain, of course. I do know in the past I maybe would have felt hesitant to send an email around this time because I'd be like, oh, people are overwhelmed with all their Black Friday emails and promos in their inbox already. They don't like need like mine to be added to the mix. I don't want to cause people overwhelm. But friends, like this is the wrong attitude to have because people want and are expecting to hear from you. And when they don't hear from you, they're disappointed, okay? (laughs) They're disappointed. I'm obviously not taking the creator's failure to send out a blast email reminding people on her list about the course discount expiring personally, but like I'm not thrilled because I don't feel cared about. I'm not like crazy. I'm not like, oh yeah, she singled me out. I know that's not the case. She probably just got busy with her own Thanksgiving holiday stuff. 
But I do feel disappointed because I want to feel cared about. People want to feel cared about. And if you're running like an awesome sale, like let people know so they don't miss out. Send them a reminder. And also remember that all people may not follow you on all forums that you're on. You know, some people might just be on your email list and so they're expecting to hear from you that way. Others may only be following you on social media. So you got to hit people at all of these locations or else they may not see it. And you aren't being annoying by doing this. You know, you're doing people a favor. Um, and also, I want to mention that... I didn't just miss an email from her because I'll go back and like search my inbox. So I searched like her name and yeah, like the last email was sent on November 23rd. I still haven't <laughs> received another one from her and I'm just disappointed, man. I'm disappointed. And so the next thing that I want to discuss today is people coming out of the woodwork to get that Black Friday sale. And I'll start by saying here, I respect the hustle. I know we are all looking to earn a little more cash around the holidays. I get it. But it's super weird and off-putting when you've abandoned your list for like months on end. And then all of a sudden you're sending out multiple emails around Black Friday trying to get people to buy something. People don't like being sold to. And of course, <laughs> on Black Friday, all of us are being sold to. So if that's all that you do, it feels a little icky, right? And it's even weirder when what they are selling is kind of off-brand. I received a couple emails this year from people whose lists I don't even like remember joining. There was one sender um, in particular, and I'm going to call her Krista Smith. And I read the name Krista Smith, and I was like, huh? Like, who the heck is this? And then I read what they were promoting, uh, True Crime Apparel. And again, I was like, what? Like, what is this? I wouldn't have signed up for this. And I searched my inbox to see what other emails I'd received from Krista Smith to try and figure out exactly when and also why I joined her email list. I never delete anything. It's a real problem. But in this case, it helped because I was able to see all of the emails that I'd received from Krista Smith um, pretty quickly and easily. So it turns out that I had joined Krista's email list years ago in 2018, and I had received a podcast editing workflow freebie in return. So since then, she'd sent out a few more email campaigns that I'd never read, um, but she hadn't really sent anything out like lately. It turns out that the true crime apparel venture thing is a relatively new thing. Like she just announced this last week. Um, she primarily provides podcast editing services now. And, you know, I, I kind of get the true crime connection. Kind of. Maybe she edits a lot of true crime podcasts, and there are a lot of true crime podcasts out there. But, like, going from offering uh, podcast editing services and advice to selling true crime apparel, that's kind of a big leap, don't you think? And it certainly doesn't feel on brand. And honestly, like, launching a whole new product line that uh, is, like, quite a departure from your main thing on Black Friday, probably not the best idea because it just feels like a cash grab, right? Anyway, that aside, it turns out that prior to the Black Friday true crime apparel emails, Krista Smith had not sent an email out since May. So it's no wonder that I was like, who the heck is this? Because I hadn't heard from her in like over half a year. <laughs> Uh, Krista seems like a really nice person. I wish her luck. Um, I respect the hustle. All of that. 
Um, I did feel a little bit bad for unsubscribing, but I did. So the moral of the story here is you need to uh, nurture your email list way before Black Friday is even a blip on people's radar. You know, you don't want your Black Friday emails to just feel like a cash grab. All right, now we're on to the next thing that I saw this year that kind of irked me, and that is the giant discount. Now, let me just say that I love a good deal. I'm all about a bargain, but let me just say that when a company can afford to mark down their products like 50% or more, I'm kind of turned off. And I'm not just talking about like something's on clearance. I'm talking about there is like a a site-wide discount for like 50% off all products. Okay, so Urban Decay is a makeup brand, and it's a company that most people my age probably have heard of before if they're into makeup. So I've been a huge fan of their eyeshadow palettes for years. I own a couple already, although they are old and they are starting to make my eyes itch because, oh my gosh, you guys, I've had these palettes in probably close to a decade. The original Naked palette. I threw it away like last year and I think I'd had it since it came out in like 2010 or 2011. That's disgusting. I know. But anyway, I decided it was time for a new palette and, uh, you know, I have to admit, I went to their website and my pocketbook was thrilled that all of their palettes were 50% off for Black Friday. But I have to say that I was a little turned off because, like, guys, that's a huge discount. The palette that I got, um, it normally sells for $54, and I bought it for $27. So, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, if Urban Decay can afford to sell all of their palettes at half off and still make money, it's essentially, it essentially, like, kind of feels like they're ripping people off at full price. You know what I mean? I'm also left questioning the quality a little bit. Honestly, I don't like even remember Urban Decay doing such large discounts in the past. I didn't really pay attention, or maybe I paid attention, but obviously I, I don't store that information. But like, I feel like these palettes were discounted at most 10% in the past. And it really felt like more of a luxury item. Maybe because I was a broke college student when their first Naked palette uh, came out and was launched and stuff like that. Uh, Maybe that's why I view it in that way. And so now, like, it just kind of makes me nervous because we've seen, like, brands go through this transformation from higher-end, more luxury to ultra-affordable. Like, we've seen this happen before. So the first, like, example I can think of is Hard Candy. Hard Candy uh, was, like, a nail polish company, and they started selling their polishes for, like, $12 or something in the 90s, which back in the 90s, like, that was a hefty fee for a nail polish, right? So Hard Candy sold at Fred Siegel in Santa Monica and higher-end retailers like Nordstrom. And I had one bottle... I think I bought it in the early 2000s, and it was a shade of pink. It had, like, the ring with it. If you know the brand Hard Candy, you know what I'm talking about. I loved it, and I honestly probably still have the bottle somewhere at home because I never throw away anything, ever. (laughs) Just like my emails. I never delete emails. I never throw anything away. It's, like, borderline hoarder status, but I'm working on it. So anyway, like I remember that hard candy kind of disappeared from the world. And then years later, like I remember seeing it at Walmart 
and this is probably around 2009 or so, and it showed up at Walmart with a, uh, a very less expensive price tag. And, you know, again, I love a good deal, love a bargain, but there's something that just doesn't feel as fancy about buying a $4 nail polish at Walmart. It just doesn't feel as cool. And the same thing happened with Juicy Couture. I think that's how you say it. I, I heard, I was watching like something um, on TV this weekend and the word was couture. Um, and I know this because I watch TV with the captions on or the subtitles, whatever you want to call them. But the word that came up on the screen was couture. But this man, he said it like auteur. And I'm like, oh my God, is that like how I'm supposed to be saying it? Have I been saying it wrong all these years? In my mind, when I'm reading it, I just say couture. But I, then I learned it was couture. And now, are you telling me that it's auteur and I've been saying it wrong the entire time? I'm sorry if you speak French. I know I'm completely butchering it. Moving on. I'm just going to roll with couture, okay? That's what I know. So I never had the infamous Juicy Couture tracksuit. That was super popular, you know? I think it was in, like, J-Lo's music video. Everyone was wearing the Juicy Couture. Oh, my gosh. Juicy Couture tracksuit in like the mid 2000s. You know, JLo, Paris Hilton, Britney Spears, Beyonce, all of them. It was like this cool thing. And the pants sold for about like $80, I think. The top was about $75. So it was more than your typical tracksuit cost, right? But it was still attainable for most people. And it was still like the status symbol. It was like cool. Um, and then it kind of like faded away. I don't know why exactly. Um, I just remember it happened. I think that uh, the recession in like 2008 hit them a bit. And, you know, things just aren't always cool. It's really hard to maintain that cool factor for like decades. So Juicy Couture, you know, went away. And then they reemerged years later at Kohl's, of all places, with a much lower price point. So, like, $20 now for a jacket that looked nearly identical to the ones that sold for $75 years ago. And I'm not trying to sound elitist here, but when you start your thing off with a pretty big price tag, people are going to associate it with luxury. And that attracts a certain type of customer. And when it drops drastically in price, you know, now you're targeting a different type of client altogether. And that's fine. But it can alienate the other people who valued the thing because it was a higher priced luxury item. And I know that these companies are a little bit different than our small businesses. Yeah, whatever. Like I'm in a shopping mode right now. I'm coming off of Black Friday. So I'm, I'm thinking about these brands. They're on my mind. But let's get back to what we were talking about, the big discounts. And I'm, I promise I'm going to tie this in in a minute. So this Black Friday, I saw another online course with a 50% off discount, and the course was regularly $650, but it was on sale for $325. I was interested in this course, but honestly, like, if they can afford to market half off, suddenly, I'm not so sure, you know? I also saw another course that was originally $160, but it was marked down to $12.99. $12.99. USD. Like what? Like when I see a huge discount like that, I'm really taken aback and not in a good way. When your discount is that large, I really question the value. 
So if you're selling something online, you're putting time into it, you're putting effort into it, you're creating it, and you're putting it out there into the world. And so if you originally price your thing at $160, it means that at one point you felt it was truly worth $160. Now, all of a sudden, it's worth $12.99? Like what? Why? Like, if you were working hourly somewhere for a wage, and I don't care where, I don't really care the amount, it can be anywhere, um, but let's just say that you're making $50 an hour. That's your rate, right? Like, it's non-negotiable. You wouldn't be like, you wouldn't you wouldn't show up to this job being like, well, you know what, I, uh, I usually work for 50 an hour, but I'm thinking this weekend, I'm going to work for a mere 8% of that. So $4 an hour, totally fine that situation would raise some serious eyebrows. (laughs) And it's really no different from this, you know? Like, unless you are out there in the world selling bottom-of-the-barrel products at a crazy high markup, and if I ask you to please stop, you don't need to do deep discounts that diminish the value of your brand. Some brands choose to not do discounts ever, and that's totally okay. When I first started selling online, I never offered a percent off discount. And guess what? I made it just fine. Sales were just fine. Before you decide on a discount, ask yourself a couple of questions. First, is the discount going to attract your ideal customers? Because let's face it, you know, the person who is going to buy a $12.99 course is a very different type of person than the person who is willing to drop $160 for the same course. Just like the type of person spending $12 on a nail polish at Fred Siegel on Sunset Boulevard is a totally different kind of shopper than someone spending $4 on a nail polish down at the Walmart. There's certainly a market for both types of shoppers, but that doesn't mean that your brand is supposed to target them both, okay? Second, you need to ask yourself, you really got to like think about this one, what implications, obvious or not, may offering a huge discount have on your brand? There's a whole range of things that can happen here, you know, so that's why you got to take some time to think about it. One, you have to sell more of your thing to meet your goals if you're rolling with a big discount. And that means you're going to have to attract more people to your thing in order to make the same like amount of money if you didn't do the discount. Two, you know, people may come to expect discounts and only buy if you offer them. And they also may fail to see the value in your thing at full price. So before you pick a number out of the sky or you just roll with a 40% off campaign because that's what you see other stores doing, so I might as well do it too, what you have to do is make sure that it's actually right for your brand and your clients. And when it really comes down to it, really. All of these mishaps, all of this stuff, everything I brought up today, it all comes down to either being in touch or out of touch with what your target audience really wants. If you are hitting people with the right offers and you are serving them the right products and services, they're going to be delighted to hear from you. They're not going to be annoyed that you emailed them. If you are hitting people in the right ways with the right offers, they aren't going to be like, wait, who is this person again? Why are they sending me this advertisement for true crime apparel? 
WTF? <laughs> and also, if you're targeting the right people and you're building your list up with them, they may be a little turned off at a giant discount and question the value of your product or service altogether. And once you know all of this, you're going to find your marketing strategies and campaigns are much, much more effective. And I know that Black Friday is over this year, but it's never too late to work on this or too early to start. So thank you so much for joining me today and letting me work through my thoughts with you. If you're hungry for more brand building tips and snackable bites, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. You can also visit builditandblossom.com for more content like this. And that's a wrap, you guys. I will see you next week.